Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 30th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, the goal to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, and we reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration. We talked last hour, ladies and gentlemen, big time about the Super Bowl. Tickets went from four grand to 35 grand a ticket. We celebrate it on the Sabbath and violate the Sabbath day big time, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming up. $7 million per 30-second commercial for the thing. It is a money fest like no other. But one of our dear listeners uh, emailed me and said, Sam, you know what? Uh, Super Bowl human trafficking. Yeah, we need to be aware of what's going on. Where can uh, trafficking happen at the Super Bowl? Everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, so if you're not very careful, the Super Bowl becomes a huge trafficking of children. Um, it is serious. I don't even know how to uh, discuss this. It's so heinous. But one of our listeners brought it up, and it's true that human trafficking is the fastest growing and second largest criminal industry in the world. It's a 38 to 50 billion dollar industry in the usa alone all right it is serious uh anyway with that lowell nelson campaign for liberty.org welcome to the broadcast sorry to bring this up right at the start of the show but i do want to get your take on this um this is serious i agree sam it's very serious and one of the things that tim ballard talked about you know the founder and operator of under operation underground railroad is that you know this wouldn't be a problem if there weren't so many uh, you know, people here in the United States that that buy into this. I mean, they pay, yeah, for you know they 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 pay for these these youth. Um, they pay big money for them, and, and and in other words, because of the demand, which is centered right here in the in the United States, that's why there's there's so much trafficking going on from these other countries because they. They, you know, they kidnap or they groom these youth or, or they uh, take them out of, um, you know, foster care or maybe orphanages or whatever, um, and they traffic them. And the reason there's so much of it going on in the world today is because there's such a demand. And it's a huge indictment against um, uh, we, us Americans here in the U.S. because we're, we're creating the demand. You know, not individually, but collectively speaking, we are are one of the biggest problems. We're the one we're the ones that create this problem. We're the ones that are creating the demand for for trafficking. And so, I mean, it's it's really sad. It's a, a sad commentary on our society today that you know, mostly men, I guess, will pay for. Um, you know, the, this human trafficking for their own pleasure. Um, is, and it's, I just can't say enough how utterly horrifying this is, but it's because of, it's because of us, folks, that this happens. We, 
we need to turn to God. And if, if we would turn to God and solve this problem, we wouldn't have those appetites, those demands. And, and there would be less trafficking in the world and, and the youth of the world would would be much happier and they would feel like they live in a better place. Sam? The Super Bowl draws human traffickers, ladies and gentlemen. It remains a target for human trafficking. Okay, it's really the largest sex trafficking magnet in the country. Now, maybe we ought to jettison the Super Bowl on the Sabbath for starters, right? Um, we got to think about this, folks. It, this is a serious problem. I don't want to dwell on it forever. We've got other topics to discuss uh, but this is very, very serious, and we need to be aware of this. We cannot ignore this. It's not all fun and games. It's a sad reality that we're dealing with here. But I say to you, the Super Bowl is a magnet for human trafficking. Uh, and if you don't believe me, go look at that on the Internet. You can go look it up and see. But I thank the listener for bringing this up because, man, what if we were to jettison the Super Bowl altogether and say it's a magnet for sex trafficking? We just can't take the chance. We care too much about the children. Furthermore, we cannot violate the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We can't violate that. Sorry, guys. We're not going to have Super Bowl 57 anymore. The sad part in America is, you know what? People would riot. People would absolutely riot and go crazy and destroy cities, Lowell. Well, there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of football fans uh, across America. And most of them, I'm sure, are, are, you know, pure fans. They, they. They love the sport. I mean, I, I for one, I, I like collegiate football far more than I like professional football because, you know, I don't know. It's just it's just more attractive to me. Plus, they don't play on Sundays, so I I watch as much you know collegiate football as I can, which is not very much really because I'm always doing other things. Some of like uh, things in politics, things that are going to matter, but. Occasionally, when I when I when I have time to watch football, it's going to be collegiate football. Um, but you know, I recognize that there's a lot of people that would much prefer professional football, and and they would be very upset. I think most of them are pure, sincere, good people. But there's a certain I don't know. The, the Super Bowl tickets are so expensive that there's no way I that I, that I can you know buy a ticket and go. Um, and so what you get is these upper tier, you know, the upper crust of society, they, they're the ones who go to the Super Bowl. And, and apparently they are the ones who are purchasing, you know, human traffic uh, for, for their own pleasure because they have a lot of money. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a bad deal. So, you know, canceling the Super Bowl, that would, that would disappoint a lot of fans. But, uh, yeah, but when you compare re- that to sex trafficking and the chance of children, you know, by the who knows how many being harmed and, and it isn't thing, it's a, ha- a magnet for human trafficking. And, mm. you know, then you look at that. Now, I'm going to back into a discussion that's so closely related. It's not even funny. Utah SB 116 just got passed. It's a transgender medical treatment and procedures amendments discussion. Utah Governor Spencer Cox just signed this bill into law banning gender-affirming treatment and surgery for minors who want um, transgender sex changes or whatever else. These, I believe, are uh, incredibly close kin. Um, Do you abuse them illegally via sex? 
or do you just destroy their organs never to be brought back to normal again? Uh, I, I don't really see a whole lot of difference here. You're taking innocent people who can't make decisions for themselves, and you are abusing them. Lowell, let's start there, because I think they're absolutely directly related. One just has the semblance of caring for the children. Well, they're related by another commonality, and that is money. It's money that's driving this industry. The uh, the sex change industry, you know, the medical community that, that wants a piece of this action, they're the ones driving this because, you know, these surgeries are not inexpensive. They're very expensive um, because they're, they're complicated. I mean, you, 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 you know, it's very, very difficult to, to do a surgery on, you know, a, a female to make her male or to do surgery on a male to make him a female. I mean, changing body parts like that, super expensive. And so it's a money maker for the people in the medical community who want to do that. Um, and, and, and because they want to expand their industry, you know, that's what they're turning to. So you got money, um, is, is a big problem at the Super Bowl. And then you got money is a big problem in this sex change industry. But uh, I am happy to report, Sam, one darn good piece of good news. <laughs> and that is that this bill was signed into law on Saturday, just two days ago, when the governor signed it. Because it was passed by two-thirds of both houses in the Utah legislature, it became effective as soon as the governor signed it, which he did Saturday. Now, this is going to stop transgender procedures on many, many of Utah's children. And I, you know, I think back to 2015, <clears throat> there were only six youth in that year that began uh, gender change um, treatments. And then the next year, in 2016, that number like tripled or, or quadrupled or something. And then it quadrupled again the following year. And so that there are well over, I don't know, there are hundreds and hundreds now of of youth going through these procedures. Now this bill, it prohibits surgical procedures on a minor for the purpose of sex change. It, it absolutely flat out prohibits that. So no more surgeries trying to change body parts of boys into girls and girls into boys. That's a great change. It also places a moratorium on the hormonal transgender treatment for children under age 18 who were not diagnosed with gender dysphoria before the effective date of this law, which was two days ago, January 28th of 2023. So that moratorium is, 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 is set in place now. So, you know, anybody who began their hormonal treatments before last Saturday, they may continue them. <clears throat> but at least this stops new entrance into this area. So that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, Amen to that. So, Let's go ahead and skip the break. Keep going, Lowell. Um, the third thing this bill does, it allows an individual to bring a, a medical malpractice action uh, for treatment provided to the individual as a minor if the individual later disconfirms consent. So this is going to be, this is going to have a very chilling effect on the medical community who, um, you know, does these um, you know, these changes, these uh, transgender changes, because right now they're protected from medical malpractice suits. <clears throat> this bill opens that back up. So 
So if you are a 16-year-old girl and you go through a sex change surgery to become a boy and then later regret it, like at least 90% of people who, who go through that do, they come to regret it, then you can file a medical malpractice action against the doctor for that treatment. It's an incredible uh, chilling effect on the industry. I, I love it. And then finally, <clears throat> this uh, bill does require the Department of Health and Human Services to conduct a systematic review of the medical evidence regarding hormonal transgender treatments and provide recommendations to the legislature. Now, what they're going to find, Sam, in my opinion, is exactly what other countries have found. Other countries have gone down this path already, and then now they are backtracking because what they find is that there is no medical evidence that confirms that changing your gender, you know, reduces the number of suicides and the, 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 the problems that, the medical problems that occur in an individual. <clears throat> and so they, a lot of countries now have backed out. They don't allow transgender surgeries um, and, and uh, hormonal treatments anymore. So the author of the bill, who is my senator and your senator, Mike Kennedy, he believes that after the Department of Human Services, Health and Human Services, after they do this systematic review, they will come back with you know, strong evidence to the legislature that this practice ought to be banned permanently, that the, the, the moratorium, which is just a temporary moratorium, will, will actually become permanent here in the state of Utah. Um, so that's really, really good news. I'm happy to share it this morning, Sam. Now, this really is a win. It's a protection for young people in Utah, and it's a loss for the sex change industry that has exploded in the past several years. So one thing that probably will happen, Sam, before we you know, count our chickens before they hatch is that there will probably be lawsuits filed against this law, maybe as early as today. Um, and so we need to pray for a good judge in hopes um, – that he will not grant an injunction on this law. I mean, I would love for, I mean, that's what happened with the abortion thing, right? The trigger, the abortion law that was triggered uh, the following Monday, some judge granted an injunction. And, as, and, and so there have been like 1,745 babies murdered since that trigger law went into effect simply because some judge granted an injunction. Well, if that happens again today or this week, then there's going to be a lot more youth that will start this hormonal treatment and or get surgeries, much to their you know, chagrin later when they come to regret that decision. So anyway, but the legislature and the governor have done the right thing, and they are to be commended. <clears throat> and I might rem remind our listeners what God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, <clears throat> So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You know, God knew us personally before we came to this earth. He didn't put a male spirit in a female body. He did not put a female spirit in a male body because God doesn't make mistakes. <clears throat> and so, Sam, I just want to wrap up with that thought that, you know, we... We put down, the legislature and the governor have now put down an industry which 
wants to spit in the eyes of God and try to change genders of the you know of the bodies that that He lovingly gave to us. And I'm just happy to to report that uh, the legislature and the governor did the right thing in stopping this foolishness. Sam. All right, I got a video for this next one. Set it up, and we'll play the video. Okay. Oh, oh, you want me to set it up? Sorry. Yes, sir. A new Perfect. Vid- <laughs> okay, a new video from Project Veritas. They they taped a Pfizer administrator who admits to the fact that Pfizer that it, you know wants to mutate COVID into various mutations, and then preemptively develop the vaccines or the mRNA shots that are supposed to challenge those those mutations and 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 so he was caught on hidden camera um admitting that to the fact that that Pfizer was was uh, was doing this and they did it in order to sell shots to challenge the mutations and so you know he he said now you can't tell anybody about this <laughs> all of the time he was being taped so it was very it's a very interesting and he got violent after he found out that he was being taped he tried to destroy the uh, the tape the, the laptops the video cameras everything I mean he went wild it's pretty wacky but, yeah and he uh, ought to be sued he ought to be basically sued for doing that you can't uh, attack people and you can't destroy equipment and everything else that's against the law just so you know but anyway here is the audio from this video we'll play part of it there's a commentator that starts out and then the the uh, clip here it is thirteen thousand quote retweets and a hundred and thirty two thousand likes on Twitter. And there's a reason for this because this is a sting that's gone viral. It's got exposed and it was done on the Pfizer employee, a Pfizer official who is a director of research and development, Jordan Tristan Walker. And it's gone viral because he is making some very startling claims in this sting. Big news coming through on Jordan Tristan Walker, the director of research and development. He revealed the discussion of plans internally within Pfizer to engineer the mutation of the virus in order to keep making and selling the vaccines to the public. Now, these are some of the key takeaways from this thing that was conducted by Project Veritas and Project Veritas director O'Keefe has actually confirmed the identity of Jordan Tristan Walker. We will show you the entire footage in just a bit. It's shocking, dramatic footage that's happened, ladies and gentlemen. He actually resolves to fisticuffs and punching. The, the journalist there who's unnamed in this sting operation. What all has he said? He said Pfizer is discussing deliberate mutation of the COVID virus, assessing selected structure mutations to keep the virus potent, Pfizer discussing directed mutations via animal testing, directed mutation is good for the industry, bad for America, deliberate mutation a great move to ease oversight of regulators, directed mutations will allow us to keep making vaccines and engineered COVID mutations will be a cash cow for us. So these are the things that he has gone ahead and revealed. And in a specific question, you'll see it in the video. So Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID. He says, well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone this, by the way. You have to promise you won't tell anyone. We are exploring like, you know, how the virus keeps mutating. Well, one of the things we are exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we could focus on create, preemptively develop new vaccines, right? He's heard telling. Have a look at this clip that's gone viral. 
Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You got to publish your own story. You got to publish your own story. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create undefeatably developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. We like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. You know, Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. Don't tell anyone this story. You got to publish your own story. You got to publish your own story. We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create undefeatably developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. We be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, goes everywhere. Something crazy. It's the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. For all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, then I got to be as hard. All right, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Lowell, let's just go straight to you on this. This is insane. I'll say, Sam. Now, the interesting thing is this uh, news, I mean, this YouTube clip that you played came from CNN, um, which I thought was pretty amazing that they would publish uh, this clip. But it, it did get, you know, you know, millions of views. And uh, so it's, and maybe it was something they sim simply couldn't ignore. But the, the two key things that um, this uh, uh, Pfizer uh, Director of Research and Development said was, was number one basically Pfizer was thinking about mutating the COVID virus themselves so that they could preemptively develop new vaccines for it basically into a cash cow for Pfizer now and the other startling admission that he made was the fact that government officials who review products and procedures of pharmaceutical companies they they do not identify you know any substantive concerns with them why? Because of the revolving doors. He talked about revolving doors on this clip. Uh, and, and that's how, you know, in, uh, by revolving door, what we mean is that uh, an official Pfizer then goes to work for the government. And yeah, so my on. buddies are all involved. There's nothing to be worried about. My buddies checked <laughs> it out. We're good, Lowell. <laughs> that's right. And then the official from the government hopes to work for Pfizer or for some company again. And so... Basically, the government watchdog that's supposed to be keeping an eye on the on the uh, the pharmaceutical company, he, he he will never, you know, find something substantive, uh, you know, a big concern like that because he hopes to be employed by the pharmaceutical company in the future. And um, he and and not only does this happen with big pharma, it also happens with you know, in the military-industrial complex. So you got a military armament manufacturer, for example, 
And, uh, you know, the government watchdog over that part of the industry, he wants to be hired by, you know, the corporation at some point. He's not going to, to say anything bad about the, the manufacturer. He's not going to identify problems, right? Because he wants to work for that company at some point. That's a revolving door. It happens in the pharmaceutical industry, happens in the military, uh, industrial complex. Uh, but in my opinion, in- an admission about this is absolutely criminal. Nuremberg-style trials need to start immediately over this. How come, I mean, I appreciate CNN playing it, but how come nobody's taking a bigger interest in this? Everybody's more worried about the Super Bowl, lol. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Prime. The Memphis, Tennessee police video released Friday evening showing motorist Tyree Nichols being beaten by five police officers has opened the debate of police reform at the federal level. I still think you want to keep this at the state and local level. This is a law enforcement issue. House Judiciary Chairperson Representative Jim Jordan on Meet the Press goes on to say laws will not stop pure evil that we witnessed. Well, I don't know that there's any law that can stop that evil that we saw that is just, I mean, just difficult to watch. Um... What strikes me is just a lack of respect for human life. As government-caused inflation is hurting all Americans, House Democrats have proposed legislation that would give more than 2 million federal workers an 8.7% pay raise in 2024. This is after they already gave themselves a 4.6 pay raise this year. Democrats claim the raise is necessary because they suffered through the Trump administration. The bill's sponsor is Representative Jerry Connolly, the Democrat from Virginia. President Biden gave a speech regarding the economic progress last week. Fact-checkers on CNN and the House Ways and Means Committee have called out the many false and exaggerated claims by Biden. The president said his administration had funded 700,000 major construction projects. The real number is 7,000. Biden said billionaires pay virtually only 3% of their incomes now. The real number is 8.2%. And Biden falsely claimed he cut the federal deficit by $1.7 trillion. Independent analysts pointed out that Biden's policies are actually adding to the current and future deficits and not decreasing them. It's a big milestone for a U.S. veteran. Joseph Eskenazi was an Army private stationed in Hawaii when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. He's also now the oldest living survivor of that attack. Eskenazi celebrating his 105th birthday today. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Do you have a story to tell? Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800 734 1229. 800 734 1229.
All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. So, Lowell, this is just insane that we're allowing this to happen. I think Nuremberg trials need to start immediately, sir. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, object to that at all, Sam. You know, not everybody in government is, is bad. I, I, we must hasten to say, Sam, you and I both know there are some amazing and wonderful people serving in government at all levels. No question about that. But the bad apples who, who are serving in government at these levels are giving the rest of them a very bad reputation. Um, you know, and, and so the important thing right here is to, to recognize that while there's some people think that government is protecting them from dangerous products, from money-hungry corporations, the truth is, folks, the truth is that the government is protecting the money-hungry corporations. Because the government man wants a piece of the action. He's the one who's hungry for money. And so the consumer is not benefited from this government oversight. See, I think, I think that's a key finding. You know, just I, I want to underscore that. I want to emphasize that. I want to highlight that. Because everybody thinks that you know, these government regulations are meant to protect the consumer. And, 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 and in many cases, Sam, that is simply not true. And here it is in spades. You got government is supposed to be protecting the consumer from big pharma, and, and but in reality, the government is protecting big pharma, and, and, and it's, it's just insidious. And so I think that's the big takeaway here, Sam. We 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 got to get away from the idea that we run to government to solve our problems. You know, the consumer. You know, if I buy something, I'm a much more discriminating. A buyer than some government agent. I, you know, if I'm going to put my money out there to purchase a product or a service, I'm going to be very, you know, critical of that product or service because I'm putting out my money for it. There's nobody better or more qualified to evaluate the quality of the product or service than the consumer himself who who buys it with his own money. There's just no way government can can hold a candle to that type of uh, that type of um, oversight. So let's get, you know, we need to get rid of the government oversight, the government, you know, uh, regulations that are really just a bar to entry and, uh, and get back to, uh, to a, free, you know, a free marketplace. Uh, and, and so kind of a, I don't know, that's kind of my bottom line uh, from this uh, particular piece, Sam. It's just a, it's a blockbuster piece, and uh, I, I couldn't ignore, we just had to talk about it. So thank you. I don't really know how to respond to some of this because it's so evil, so diabolical, so in your face. And now the evidence is with us. They've abused us and lied to us and mistreated us. And when we stood up against it, they mocked us and ridiculed us and literally deplatformed us. And uh, and now the evidence comes out, lol, that not only are these people criminals, not only did these people foist this on us for filthy lucre, or for control or whatever else. Not only did Fauci get caught lying, but now the unvaccinated are more healthy than the vaccinated. <laughs> we told you that from the start, but now they're admitting everything we said is absolutely correct. Right now, this report here <clears throat> did not come from the from from um, a pharmaceutical company. Did not come from the government. It came from <clears throat> excuse me. Con- uh, control group 
which was formed uh, years ago. But, you know, the vaccine proponents, they will tell you that vaccines are safe and effective. Uh, but they'll never do a study like this the group, the control, the control group did. Um, and this, this study is one of the first ones that, um, that takes a very, very analytical, a very objective view of, of the, uh, uh, you know, the health effects or detriments that come from vaccination. So um, here's some of the highlights uh, from, from the abstract of this report, Sam. Um, quote, results from the 2019-2020 nationwide control group survey of unvaccinated Americans show that those refusing vaccines are thriving while those accepting vaccines are being injured and met with a multiplicity of grave injuries as well as sudden unexpected death. The null hypothesis, which is that no significant difference would be found between vaccinated versus unvaccinated persons in heart disease, diabetes, digestive disorders, eczema, asthma, allergies, developmental disabilities, birth defects, epilepsy, autism, ADHD, cancers, and arthritis, comma, is rejected with overwhelming statistical confidence and power in every single contrast. The control group comparison graph lead to the inescapable conclusion and near mathematical certainty that vaccine exposure is the actual cause of the observed disparity in health outcomes between vaccinated and unvaccinated populations. Now say vaccine. that statement. I'm sorry, just rewind and repeat that phrase. Listen to this, people. The control group comparison graphs lead to the inescapable conclusion and near mathematical certainty that vaccine exposure is the actual cause of the observed disparity in health outcomes between vaccinated and unvaccinated populations. Vaccines are not moving the population toward better health, as suggested by the World Health Organization and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, but rather toward epidemic levels of lifelong debilitating chronic disorders, end of quote. Now, Sam, we, this study is not even focused on the mRNA clot shots. They are talking about the vaccines, which are have been very well they're talking about vaccines in general and that's why when yeah. you started out you said hey this thing started in 2019 people are going wait a minute COVID didn't even come out then i know they're talking about vaccines on the whole which yeah, is what exactly. we've said for decades ladies and gentlemen look 25 plus years ago i was interviewing barbara low fisher from um 909 shot is what it was called then now it's the national institutes of or national uh, vaccine Information Center, etc. But look, we've been telling you this. Doctors have written books about this. One of them was called A Shot in the Dark. And I mean, there's all kinds of books. This is proven over. In, in fact, in this study, they even quote that there's a, dozens of studies that prove this, right? That's right. That's, that's right. In fact, so this report says that the vaccines they focused on in the control group, control group study <clears throat> include the entire CDC protocol for well baby visits, the vitamin K shot promoted at birth, supposedly to prevent uh, phenyl ketonuria, I guess, <clears throat> and the pre-birth vaccines pressed upon the mother during the baby's gestation, okay? <clears throat> and so um, 
I'm going to read three statements here from the CGS report, Sam. The numbers are going to boggle your mind when I read them, but I will summarize them after we read these three statements. And what we're going to show here is that the additional exposure to vaccines increases disease conditions. Okay, so here are the three statements. Quote, of those unvaccinated controls or persons who reported exposure to the vitamin K shot alone, 11.73% were reported to be suffering from at least one disorder disease condition, which is a 344% increase over the baseline rate of 2.64% for those with zero exposure to any vaccines, no vitamin K shot, no maternal vaccine. Okay, let me explain that one, first of all. That's the first statement. But basically, they, they have a control group of people, over a 1,000 people, none of whom had any exposure to vaccines while they were in the womb. They did not get the vitamin K shot, and they had zero exposure to any vaccines after birth, okay? Over a 1,000 people in that control, control group, and they had a 264 Base uh, rate of, of, of disorder and disease, okay? 2.64. <clears throat> now that's pretty normal. Um, now they talk, then they say the next statement here is of, of those persons unvaccinated post birth with a 100% rate of exposure to maternal vaccines but no K shots, 21% were reported suffering from at least one condition, an increase of 700% over the baseline. Okay, so let's explain that statement. This is statement number two. So these are, these are people who did not get the vitamin K shot, but the, while they were in the womb, the mother was vaccinated. Okay, they, they call this the maternal vaccine. Okay, those people who were in the womb and whose mother got the maternal vaccine, but they didn't get the K shot after birth, a 700%, there were seven times as many of them who reported suffering from at least one condition, 700% over the baseline. And finally, the third statement of those, and, and this, this group, we're talking about people who, who have, uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and just skip this break. Keep going, Lol. Okay. Um, now, this group, they got both the, the vitamin K shot and the maternal vaccine. Okay. And they, uh, the, the report says still more alarming is the 30% risk of, of at least one condition in the group with a 100% rate of exposure to both the case shot and the maternal vaccine. Okay, so you see here the, the progression here, the three statements. They, they have the baseline group, and then they have a group that gets the, the case shot but no maternal vaccine. They have a group that gets the maternal vaccine but no case shot. And now this group that has both the maternal vaccine and the case shot and, and they have 1,036% um, above baseline. So that's well over a, 10 times the problem in that group as the baseline group. So in other words, Sam, <laughs> um, it, it turns out that if you get the, the vitamin K shot, you know, that's bad. If you get the maternal, if, you, if you're subjected to the maternal vaccine, you know, that's bad. But if you get them both, then that's, that's really bad. And, but if you don't get any maternal vaccines, if you're not exposed to maternal vaccines and you don't get the vitamin K shot, then you only have a 2.64% likelihood of suffering from a disease and disorder condition. That is amazing. I mean, this study 
you, you talk about a study. I mean, it is a long study. I spent hours yesterday looking at this study. It's full of it's full of statistics. It's full of the, the methodology they use, uh, the the control group. I mean, it is a very it's an airtight study. I mean, it's very very good. Um, and the so, problem and, is, ladies and gentlemen, they're going to forge forward with vaccine passports, with forced vaccinations, with mandated vaccinations and masks. You know, but we're getting more and more evidence. This Tristan Jordan Walker guy admitted that they literally are mutating the viruses themselves in an effort to, hey, create greater vaccines. It'll be a cash cow for them, he says. Um, we know that unvaccinated people are far more healthy than vaccinated people. We know that for a fact already, folks. But believe it or not, one of the biggest advocates of vaccines, Mr. Bill Gates, uh, he has literally spent billions of dollars around the world, literally vaccinating everybody under the sun. And now, and now, after all the vaccinations, you go look in the VARS database and other places now, there's studies that are showing 300,000 people have died clearly because of the COVID vaccines. Uh, if we're not very careful, the injuries and death from the vaccines will be even more than from COVID itself. Uh, the problem is you can't believe the COVID numbers because everybody was dying of COVID, whether they you know got in a car wreck or not back in the day. So the numbers are all skiwampus. But even Bill Gates, in candid moments, admits the truth. Lol. Um, he sure does, Sam. Remember back a couple of years ago when he said, you know, smack in the middle of this so-called pandemic, COVID pandemic, what he said was, um, quote, everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission to other people and allowing society to get back to normal, end quote. But, Folks, ladies and gentlemen, in an in-person conversation with the Lowry Institute in Australia just last week, Bill Gates said this. He admitted that the shots serve virtually no benefit to anyone, especially the most vulnerable population. Continuing uh, the, the interview, he said, quote, we need to fix the three problems of mRNA vaccines. The current vaccines are not blocking infection. They're not broad, so when new variants come up, you uh, you lose protection. And they have very short duration, particularly in the people who matter, which are old people, end quote. In other words, Sam, he's admitting that the shots are impossible to align with rapidly developing variants and that they expire very quickly. They don't stop transmission, and they don't work for the only at-risk portion of the population, which is the older people, the geriatric uh, segment of our population. <laughs> now, so, I'm going to speak to Bill Gates directly for a second, Lowell. Hey, Bill, listen up, bro. mRNA shots are not actually useful. There's problems with them. That's right. I agree. But unvaccinated people, just so you know, according to the latest studies, are far more healthy than vaccinated persons are. This is not debatable, Bill. You, of anybody, should be able to dig into the research. You've got plenty of money to get researchers to give you the skinny. All right? But listen to me, if if natural immunity is allowed to occur, then you're not vaxxed, so you're much more healthy than a vaxxed person, plus your natural immunity, your God-given, God-ordained immunity kicks in, and it show, it's been shown to be far superior. In fact, before COVID hit, every medical professional 
admitted and real, realized and acknowledged that fact. But then COVID hit and they all lost their bearings. But now we're getting them back with your admission. We're getting them back with these facts, Bill. Okay? When you admit that the vaccines have all these problems and now the study shows that people are less healthy, what you got to do is don't get vaccinated. What you got to do is turn to God and pray for protection from diseases. Uh, you know what? Let your immune system get stronger. What if we were to focus on how to make the immune system as strong as it could be through exercise and natural health and healing products and less chemicals in our environment and in our foods? And what if we went down that road as hard as we're going down the road of tyranny? Just imagine where we'd be, Lowell. Wow. You're exactly right, Sam. And so based on the fact that he said one thing a couple years ago and and last week said something different, you would expect him to be eating a little humble pie or a little crow. But, you know, I don't think that's really happening. You know, I think his arrogance, I think his lust for power and control, unfortunately, is overwhelming him because in the in the Lowry interview, this is just last week in Australia, Sam, Gates, the techno tyrant, said, quote, he, he applauded Australia for locking down their population indefinitely in the early days of COVID hysteria, arguing that in the future, this should be a model for the pandemic response. He demanded the establishment of a permanent security state infrastructure that mandates compliance, end quote. And then finally, in a separate interview, Gates warned about the next pandemic after the COVID hysteria, saying this one could be man-made by a bioterrorist or something similar, <laughs> as if to say that the COVID hysteria was not a main man-made weapon already, right? I mean, so here you got this Bill Gates, this techno tyrant that, he applauded Australia and New Zealand for the way they locked down, and he's demanding the establishment of a permanent security state infrastructure to mandate compliance. I mean, this guy's a tyrant. He's a dictator. He's a Mussolini, a Hitler, a Mao Zedong, a Pol Pot type of guy. And I just, it's amazing to me that he's still, you know, walking the earth. He's not in prison somewhere. Because, well, and let uh, me prove to you how disingenuous he is. Mm-hmm. He tells you that the vaccines, what? They don't do any good? What did he say? Yeah, that they, um, they uh, I've lost the quote now, but yeah, they're not effective. They don't stop transmission. And the, they shots don't help virtually, the shots virtually have no benefit to anyone, especially those who need them the most, okay? Yep. Then he explains the three problems. They don't do what they said they did. Now, at that point... Don't you just abandon them then? If they don't do what they're supposed to do, if they uh, are of no use to anyone at all, then don't you just jettison the vaccines and say, hey, there's got to be a different way? But no, he doubles down and says, we've got to fix the vaccines to deal with these three problems. In other words, we're going to forge ahead with our filthy lucre regardless. We don't care that they don't do any good. We're going to move forward. Yeah, we're going to talk about fixing the problems. But who knows if you can ever fix the problems? Because remember, even if you make them last longer, all that'll do is do more damage. If a vaccine that does damage to your body uh, doesn't last very long, what if it lasted longer? Then it would do more damage, would it not? How dumb am I, right? All right? Then forget the lasting longer. It doesn't even mutate. In other words, it doesn't cover the broad mutations. 
Well, so that's why this Pfizer thug group wants to go ahead and make their own mutations. Wow. That reminds me of the computer guys making their own viruses so they can clean your computer. Kind of an idea. It's insane. But if Bill Gates was genuine, he would abandon the project altogether, Lowell. Wouldn't he? Oh, I think so. That's a common sense thing to do. But look at all the money he's invested in the mRNA vaccine development, you know, the clot shot development. Look at all the money he's invested in, in buying up agricultural land so that he can genetically modify our foods and put the vaccine, the, the protein, the spike proteins in, in the genetically modified foods, right? I mean, he's got billions, I think, invested in this. He's not going to back down, but I sure wish he would. I mean, I sure wish he would just admit that it was, it was wrong and admit defeat and, you know, beg for forgiveness. I mean, that's, that's, that's the right thing to do. I wish he would, but I'm afraid that he won't. Sam? He's got too much money on the line, and he's a criminal. What we need is Nuremberg trials, though. When you say to me, we've mandated these shots, and at the end of the mandation, or whatever you want to call it, the mandating, we say, well, they didn't really do any good. There's all these problems with them. They don't work. In fact, um, they especially don't work for the people who need them the most. But we mandated that with government force, Low. It's, uh, it's, it's just terrible. You know, and we, um, yeah, I, I, I don't understand how government officials can continue the charade that, um, that these vaccines are safe and effective. I mean, we've got a study now from the control group that uh, demonstrates with near mathematical certainty that uh, exposure to vaccines increases your your uh, disability and your likelihood of disabling being disabled and and diseased. Um, you know, and it, it and so we we need to. You know, I, I like what you said earlier, Sam. We need to turn turn to God. We need to recognize that He gave us an immune system, divinely designed to overcome any pathogen in the world. And if we would, you know, get the proper rest, if we would eat nutritious foods, you know, eat from God's garden basically, and um, and get exercise, those are the three pillars of good health. If we would do that, then we would have the immune system to overcome any pathogen that is But they is don't long. even discuss these solutions that would strengthen your immune system, but they know natural immunity is better than vaccine-created immunity. Hands down, they know this, but they don't talk about any of these solutions, do they? <laughs> they don't. It's crazy. You know, another study I just read, this is a, uh, I, I, I didn't put that in my notes to you, Sam, but this is a peer-reviewed study by Mark Skidnor published in a prestigious journal uh, called BMC Infectious Diseases. Um, and they say here that a total of 2,840 participants completed the survey between December 18 and 23rd of, 20, of 2021. Um, and then they talk about the, the males and the females roughly the same, and, and, and they talked about health problems and so forth. And it turns out that 22% uh, of respondents indicated that they knew at least one person who had experienced a severe health problem following COVID-19 vaccination. With these survey data, the total number of fatalities due to COVID-19 inoculation may be as high as, wait for it, 278,000 people when fatalities that may have occurred regardless of inoculation are removed. So, 
So basically, you know, you may I saw this study. They first they first came up with their own numbers, and then they compared it to the VARS database, and the numbers bear out shockingly mm -hmm. close. Yeah, exactly right, right because it's like one in a hundred uh, cases actually get reported to VARS, and so you just 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 simple math will tell you that instead of like three or four thousand people died, probably you know about three or four hundred thousand people have died. From the COVID-19 uh, clot shot injection, so uh, you know, continue to avoid that. You know, I I, I find it heartwarming, Sam. The more people I, I run into um, that uh, have refused to get the clot shot and who are enjoying robust health, while you know, friends and, and others around us who get the clot shot, you know, they're they're suffering. They have a variety of diseases. Uh, afflicting them they don't know where to turn amen well, the other good to... news though is a lot of people mm -hmm. who took the first clot shot because they felt like they had to after mm -hmm. the first one and or maybe the second one they all got disenchanted though uh, so yes. you'll see a massive falling after the first one people not taking the second one this just shows that they took it and they don't feel like the benefits are there and or they feel like the benefits have harmed them either way by them not taking the second one that tells mountains of truth and, and from this, I hope people will learn that we should not put our trust in the arm of flesh or in government. You know, don't don't trust the government because they they're the worst. Don't trust big pharma. They want your money. They want you sick so they can make money off of you. It's a cash cow for them. Don't trust government because they're the ones protecting big pharma. And I don't know. Find solutions uh, in your own backyard. Grow a garden raise some orchard trees and eat healthy get out in the sunshine exercise do the right thing you're the one who's responsible for your health not the medical doctor not big pharma and certainly not the government fam there he is little nelson doing a phenomenal job hitting it out of the park as always thank you so much for your work ladies and gentlemen he is, a, in my opinion, a hero. The time he spends for the sacred cause of liberty. Campaignforliberty.org. He is the coordinator for the great state of Utah. You have coordinators all over the country. Get involved in campaignforliberty.org or Young Americans for Liberty if you're on a college campus. They're incredible people. The Ron Paul folks still make an incredible difference every single day. For Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic!